program you're listening to what's right with sam and ash here on news talk 840 kxnt ash good to see you here today and welcome back from the weekend hope you had a good one i did i did i just wish everyone listening could see the dance party that happens before we go live to the music well when that music fires i (laughs) just get myself all moving i was at our local coffee shop this morning and um a regular which one vesta Oh. And a uh, regular there told me that he was talking to a guy who said, I guess he was doing some work here uh, in, the na- in the neighborhood and looked up and saw our building and goes, Sam and Ash, I listen to them every day. <laughs> he goes, Sam, you're, you're a part of this guy's life. Like you just, you know, to which I responded, I'm sorry. I was so going to say, <laughs> did, you, did you immediately apologize? So my apologies to all of you. Uh, if if you do make us a part of your day, uh, we hope we do not let you down uh, on, on more than a semi-regular basis. Uh, so with that, Ash, your weekend was good? Yeah, it was good. It was good. It went by quickly. I'm trying to think of what I did. I don't know. Did you do it anything fun? I, I spent the whole weekend going to water polo games okay so i love water polo first of all i'm very lucky my my kid plays water polo and not you know baseball okay because a water polo game is super fast i i think it's it's wham bam done in like 40 minutes and it's actually very fast paced so it's i mean it's entertaining um did they win but they won the entire tournament so team vegas won the entire tournament we had multiple states here uh, i was at the one of the aquatic centers in henderson and yeah they beat the number three ranked team in the u.s wow so they were the odds on favor to win uh no, no not that anybody was placing bets of course on on kids water polo but yeah so there it is uh a kid did well daniel did great scored a few goals uh did some assists and um all in all was uh, was a great weekend i just felt a lot of back and forth to henderson i live like on the totally other side of town and so a lot of driving Oof. but other than that fantastic you know i have to i have to just say this folks but before um we get into some of the substance here um of this segment i want to uh, say that uh, we have a, a a great guy coming on with us uh in a few minutes um gerard uh Ramallo, and you guys know him uh, as a longtime news anchor, reporter in Las Vegas, 30 years on-air experience, but he's running to be our next Secretary of State. And uh, Gerard's big thing is election integrity. It's really funny because like 15 minutes ago, the governor tweeted, not as the governor, but as Steve. The Steve account (laughs) tweeted out, meaning that's his campaign account right so steve account tweeted out something to the effect of election integrity is so important and i'm just i'm like this horse crap from this guy so i want to hear from gerard i'm excited to talk to him about what he will do uh when elected secretary of state he will be here with us in studio live in just a few minutes you do not want to miss this ash did you hear about the lvmpd officer who decided to go hold up a casino no. <laughs> yes. How did this I guy? This, this which guy, casino? Um, you know what? I, I haven't been able to to exactly pin that down here. Um, it looks like 
It's not. It wasn't on the strip. It was oh. off the strip. It was on Valley View. So my 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 assessment is probably a tavern. Got it. But he, his name's Caleb Rogers, uh, thirty three years old. Went in with a gun, armed, attempted armed robbery. Was detained. Apparently not very good at it because security basically was able to to uh, take him in and and hold him for police who responded. Um, and, and again, he's from the Bolden Area Command. Very embarrassing day for LVMPD, so sorry about that if this is one of your colleagues. Uh, we know that this man does not represent all of you on the force, but just, uh, I guess he's being held, um, he's being, oh, they released him on $250,000 bail, but he is suspended without pay, which I Pending. think is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I don't think that's going to, I don't think he's going to keep his job very long. Oof. The more interesting local story that uh, that is now making the rounds, uh, there is a video. The RJ put this video out earlier today of Governor Sisolak and his wife, our notable first lady, getting accosted at a restaurant here in town. Uh, but I think a couple of guys, and and it's all on video. One of the one of the dudes was filming this thing. And it's, I can't even, we can't really play it on air because most of it would be beeps. Terrible language, uh, but you can, you can certainly see it. RJ has it on their website. You can watch it. And it is, I, in my opinion, it's absolutely sickening. Uh, they, were, they were basically shouting at the governor, hey, you're here without security? You don't have security? What the heck? You don't have security? Oh, you know what we do to traitors? We hang traitors. And I obviously appropriate from all the, you know, friends of, of Sisolak and kind of middle of the road people, you have uh, a, a chorus of indignation over this. Uh, I, of course, agree because I th think this is despicable. I think it's un-American. I think that this is not how we practice politics in this country. It's not how we should practice politics in this country. But it does bring up a very important point that in the, when these things happen, Ash, I think both sides need to agree that it's unacceptable. And what actually happens is, is there the acceptability for this type of, of behavior, the measure of acceptability for this kind of behavior has, for, for, for the left, has a lot to do with the substance of the positions of the person who uh, they are deciding whether to attack. I, I give you most recently the example of uh, Senator Manchin and Senator Sinema, who are, in fact are both Democrats, but were holding up and ultimately refused to sign on with some of the president's agenda in Washington, D.C. And activists were instructed to go chase them down. You remember, we talked about it here on the program. We talked about it with... Uh, with um, uh, with Alan uh, a few times, Kristen Cinema was attacked in the bathroom. <laughs> People yeah. followed her in the bathroom. Remember when she went to a friend's daughter's wedding? It wasn't even her daughter. It was literally she was visiting her friend's daughter's wedding, and the group went outside, was banging pots and pans with with you know with with bullhorns and yelling and screaming. And she's going out there for the love of for love of everything decent in the world. This is. This is someone else's wedding. Don't ruin this. And these people didn't care. And then I, I also have to remind folks that the, uh, the, the lovely and always tactful 
decent, basically humanist at large, Maxine Waters, <laughs> back in, let's see, when was this? In 2018, she held a, a rally, you know, decrying the treatment of you know, kids at the border and the whole cages, faux controversy about the cages. But she was, uh, she basically, and here's the direct quote, quote, this is Maxine Waters back in 2018. If you see anybody from that cabinet, meaning Trump White House, right, in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore anywhere. And I, wow. and I, and I'll tell you, there are a lot of people, the media kind of took a pass on it when it happened. I remember this, there was a, there was kind of an, you know what, that's, it's right. You know, this, what the, what Trump is doing is so despicable. <laughs> he deserves it. Remember when people were applauding when, I know she was politely asked to leave, but, uh, who was his spokesperson? Sanders. Remember when Sanders was, she was asked to leave from a restaurant, the Red Hen, I think it was, in Washington, mm -hmm. D.C. Anyway, they, and everybody's like, see, that's great. That's wonderful. Oh, yes, yes. But then when you see two goobers yelling about, you know, Sisolak being a traitor and something about hydroxychloroquine or whatever, yelling at him about, about you know, graft and everything, and, and, and to, if he's your guy, right? Mm -hmm. You're a Sisolak supporter. You're reading and you go, this, what they're saying is insane. So see the shoes on the other foot. And, and we here on this program, we always stand for what's right and consistency. And so in line with that consistency, we do not like Governor Sisolak being accosted in public places, yelled at and mistreated by a bunch of, by a bunch of goobers. It's just not, it's not acceptable. Yeah, I completely agree. Regardless of politics and what your views are or the politicians that you run into, you know, just be nice, say hi, or don't say anything at all. I always think of our good friend uh, Noah when he ran into Newsom up in, what was he, up in San Francisco in a Starbucks or something and ran into Governor and Newsom. And our friend Noah, just so people know, he's a restaurant owner, small business owner, was very active during COVID in his opposition to the shutdowns. He uh, was so active in, in those opposite in, in that, you know, in that protest effort that he ended up getting elected to the Newport Beach City Council and now is mayor pro tem of Newport Beach. So it kind of spawned a, a political career for him. Anyways, I just want to give folks the background who Noah is. He's definitely not a to, to your point, Ash, he's not a Newsom fan. And so when they met up, what happened? Well, yeah, so he went up to him, introduced himself, said hi, and said, I didn't vote for you, but, you know, public service, public service, and that was it. And it was really cordial and simple, and there it was. He, there was no insulting and no accusations or threats or, you know, video cameras or anything like that. So uh, that's how you approach a situation like that. It's okay yeah. to disagree and yeah, peacefully. It, yeah, it is. And also, you just don't want to be a jerk. It's, I mean, this is what they do and this is what they do. I don't know. It's the Middle East. They throw shoes at each other or whatever. It's not, <laughs> it's not America. In America, we traditionally have, you know, agreed to disagree and we are able to still have conversations. And the, the, but I tell you, the, the left has done more than their fair share in eroding that concept 
And so I, I love when it actually happens to them, and it's an opportunity to point at it and see, see, this is not okay. So you can't excuse Maxine Waters because she's a, you know, and she's a belligerent hag. I mean, we all know this, and I've, we've grown up with her in, in California, and she's, you know, a despicable human all around. But anyway, so the exact opposite of despicable human is our friend, uh, Gerard, who's coming on here in just a few minutes. I think he's hanging out in the waiting room downstairs. The green room. The green room <laughs> here at the What's Right show. Uh, What's Right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT. We'll be back, folks, in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Sam and Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Sam and Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Am I dancing enough, Ash? I think so. I think you can dance a little bit more. Well, look, I mean, what are we going to do? Friends, you're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Happy Monday. It's actually warm out. I finally got my coat out of the closet and wore it uh, today with a heavy wool sweater. (laughs) I froze my butt off last week and lo, it's 75 degrees outside. It's going to get even warmer if uh, the angry little man in Russia gets any angrier but um but i think then it's going to get the temperatures are going to dip again this is the time of the year where we have a can get into an abusive relationship with the weather so um it's when anyway. both of my it's when both of my closets get utilized the winter and <laughs> summer wardrobe i'm like come on so true it's so true <laughs> yeah everybody from outside nevada thinks that nevada that we just we're just like kind of cooler and then hot they don't realize all the various shades of gray that we have on our on our uh, thermometers. It's just, it's a wild ride. At any rate, speaking of a wild ride, we have here in studio, good friend, getting to know him, Gerard Romalo. Gerard, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. This is a treat. What possessed you <laughs> to run for office? You're doing this. You're running for Secretary of State. You've had a long a successful career in town as as a as a newscaster and you you've uh, certainly people know who you are and familiar with you but now you're doing you're you're doing the unimaginable right because you're throwing yourself into this gauntlet of <laughs> of the ring of fire that is politics and in a in a state that is known to play a touch dirty when it comes to this stuff right but i feel like you you have a, a purpose here yeah, and I think that's part of why I'm doing it. I feel uh, there is a purpose here, and you know, it just felt like a, a calling, if I can say that. I had a great um, career in media. I was a professional observer and reporter, if you will, for for almost 30 years, and and now I felt it was time to jump in and and uh, be a participant more than an observer. Secretary of State to most people sounds like a job that they don't know anything about in one of those like other categories. Like we get hung up on, you know, President POTUS, right? We sure. do that every four years. Governor, we've got that election coming around. Everybody's got an opinion about that. And Secretary of State is one of these uh, outside of political circles, outside of those of us who make it our 
jobs to be aware politically is is almost like a throwaway position aha uh-huh. but it's a very important position yeah, extremely in important. every state and we found out this last go around why it's so important because suddenly obscure elected officials in georgia in pennsylvania in arizona in nevada became uh were thrust into the limelight uh, right. because of election integrity and a deep-rooted suspicion on our side of the aisle that there was a bit of monkey business in the air yeah mm-hmm. uh so so the the number one job of the of the of the secretary of state here in nevada is to maintain and run the election why is this important to you yeah you're the chief elections officer and Everything that we care about, every issue that you care about can be tied to elections, right? If you're concerned about education, you're concerned about government, um, you know, overreach, you're concerned about crime. What have we always been told? We've always been told, well, you need to elect people who reflect your values. You need to get to the ballot box. But if the elections system itself has been compromised, that's what's at stake here. So... We need to be able to have trust in the outcome of our elections, uh, our, our past election. You know, there were a lot of issues, and, and um, I talk to people all the time. I was a reporter uh, during the last election, so I heard stories about ballots that were uh, sent to addresses where people no longer live or, or ballots that went to commercial addresses. They're supposed to go to registered voters, right? Um, ballots that were tossed in dumpsters or left by mailboxes. and. That does not provide confidence uh, to those of us who are casting ballots. We, we want to know that our ballot count, counted, our vote counted, and, and we should feel good about uh, our ballots. So, yes, election integrity is paramount regardless of where you're at, what issues you care about. Yeah, I, uh, and I, I, I hope you can stay with us through the break because I, I, want, to, uh, I want to get uh, some greater depth into this. It's really important. Uh, I I think for me, election integrity is one person, one vote. Right. I mean, I it's really that simple. And when the when uh, I, it's funny because I, we were just talking about it before before you got uh, got on air with us here. There was a, a tweet uh, moments ago, right before the program began. Uh, Steve Sisolak from his uh, his campaign Twitter account. Uh, he wrote, I'm fighting to make sure every eligible voter can participate in our elections. We're laser focused, laser focused <laughs> on keeping Nevada elections accessible, safe and secure. Now, to me, these are these are I, I can translate all these buzzwords for people. Accessible means you don't show proof of identity. Safe means you can vote from home and you've got these mail out ballots and secure is a lie because without the first two, you're never going to have a secure election. Do you agree with that? Oh, 100%. I'm a a strong proponent of uh, voter ID. I'm not on board with the ballot harvesting. And, and, uh, you know, you can request an absentee ballot or request a mail ballot. I understand that. But um, these measures compromise the integrity. Nevada ranks 49th in education. We actually rank 50th in election integrity. That's according to a study by the Heritage Foundation. We deserve better than that. 
Yeah, we we do. And I think also especially because we are a purple state and we are so, uh, I think, on razor's edge. Every vote can matter in our local elections. You know, some of these local races and county races, um, they can come down to a few hundred votes. Sure. So, you know, we do have to take a quick break, but I, I want to talk about this some more. And, and, uh, and kind of the state of the race, too, what people need to be aware of when, when the primary is coming up, what they need to do to connect with you and follow you and all that good stuff. So please, uh, please don't go anywhere. Uh, Gerard, if you could hang out with us for just a little bit longer. You bet. All right, wonderful. All right, friends. Well, you're here with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840, KXNT. And we are talking to Gerard Romalo. We'll be back after this. Comfortable and confident is how Sam and Ash Injury Law clients feel after the very first call. Comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience. Confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right. Sam and Ash Injury Law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them. Quality matters. Integrity matters. Who you hire to protect and represent you matters. If you've been hurt in an accident, choose Sam and Ash Injury Law. 702-820-1234 or sam-law.com because you deserve what's right. You know why we do this show? People ask all the time, aren't you guys lawyers? What are you doing, you know, on the radio? And I tell you why we do this, because it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) It is so much fun, friends. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash. News Talk 840 KXNT and in studio with us in our beautiful downtown Las Vegas office on a surprisingly warm winter's day is Gerard Romalo. Gerard, thank you for staying with us through the break. Thank you. Hanging out with us today. You're running for Secretary of State. We're talking about election integrity. Voter ID. Why is this such a problem for people? Well, that's a good question. I, I've been asking it myself. Uh, you know, IDs are required for essentially everything that we do in life. If you want to travel, if you want to pick up tickets to a show or a sporting event, uh, you want to adopt an animal at the animal shelter, you need to show (laughs) an ID, right? You gave Uh, an example. I heard an interview you gave. You said you show up at the Animal Foundation, which we we love the Animal Foundation. You show up to get a little kitty cat, and and what do you know? You have to show an ID. Right, right. You got to show your, your... proof of vaccination to get to a football game. <laughs> um, you, there's, yeah. you have to, to get on a flight, you know, you, you, you've, you got to jump through those hoops and get a real ID, right? Right. Just more money you pay to the government for that. Um, so the, the issue of course being um, it's, you can get ID. Uh, the people that say, well, it effectively would be a poll tax, which is uh, unconstitutional because there's a cost to getting an ID, the workaround there is state provides IDs for free. Right. And yeah. as Secretary of State, you would be able to to effectuate that. Yeah, there's an assembly assemblywoman, uh, and uh, she, uh, Jill Dickman, she has uh, introduced a bill to provide free ID. And, you know, it wasn't accepted initially, but it, it's still on the table. And honestly, it, it's a cheaper route than doing the universal mail ballots, which cost taxpayers an extra $3 million every time we have an election. Um, to me, it's a simple solution. It would secure our elections, give us uh, confidence, and, and um, you know, we can all go, full, go home at night after an election and feel good about it. 
integrity in elections benefits everyone. It benefits Republicans, Democrats, independents, whoever you are. And that's that's the goal here, really. Yeah, I I'll tell you. So, again, I'm a lawyer. So I in my day job, I'm a lawyer and I I can formulate arguments, I think, fairly well for positions that I don't necessarily agree with. So I'm going to I'm going to just ask you, you know, there voting does need to be accessible. I mean, in in it, and that's the right approach. So getting an ID, and we saw this coming out of COVID, right, was a nightmare, right? If if people, I know I have friends that moved from California had to get driver's licenses. Um, You couldn't get an appointment for months at the DMV. Um, To get an ID, you have to get a a birth certificate. So you've got to go down to the to the well, wherever you were born, to whatever county clerk um, has your birth certificate, and get your birth certificate if it's the first ID you're getting. So there's some hoops that you have to jump through. Um, you do you, do you what do you say to those people that say sure. those are unacceptable hoops or unacceptable barriers of entry for voting? Well, I, I think where there's a will, there's a way. We can make it happen. I mean, we have vaccination cards now. We we vaccinated you know, the country for anyone who wanted it, right? Or in some cases, <laughs> even if you weren't comfortable with it. But sure, I, I think there are, there are ways uh, to do it. Um, and certainly with access, I mean, I'm not against that. I think we do need to improve on access. And I'm listening to those. I think we can extend early voting times. I think we can add balloting locations. Um, I'm not uh, uh, of the belief that there are large segments of disenfranchised voters, but certainly there are some, and we have our, our indigent, we have um, seniors who are homebound. Uh, and by the way, I talked about my opposition to ballot harvesting. That's not to say that you can't designate a family member or someone to take a ballot for you. I do that for my own parents. I did that all the time. I did it all the time. When I lived in California, what you did, and you know, certainly that's a, you know, a state that tried to do a lot to uh, make, make voting as easy as possible. But I had a I had a ballot. We both my wife and I would get our absentee ballots mailed to us and they we would fill them out together and then one of us would go drop it off. But you have to sign it and test to it on the back and you've you've got to either mail it in on time or deliver it in person where you drop it into the secure bin. And I think I think that's that's reasonable, but you have to take affirmative steps to include yourself on those on those rolls. Right. And I think there should be um, an effort on the part of the voter to to take part. Right. We don't want ballots just strewn everywhere that are unaccounted for. And, and well, uh, the problem is, is that when you move. Right. And right. a lot of people move. Some people stay put in a house for 10 years, 20 years. That's not the norm. Most of us move around and we you know, and, and so you have number of addresses and sure. And depending on, you know, where your driver now it goes back to your ID, where's and, and they're finding these lists of addresses and they're sending out multiple ballots to the same person to different addresses. And now it's you know, it, it opens up in my view, it opens up uh, f- ripe for abuse the uh, ability for groups to come in and literally pay per ballot for people to bring them in. And that happens, whether it's legal or not. It happens because those ballots got printed like funny money to begin with. 
Yeah, and as chief elections officer, my job is to secure elections, right? So we definitely want to uh, get rid of those opportunities to cheat, if you will, as much as possible. And I think part of the uh, answer there, too, is we need to verify voter rolls on a regular basis, maybe even monthly, uh, just to make sure that this person is still registered, still lives here, right? You have to be of a certain age. You have to be a Nevada resident. Alive. Alive, Mm -hmm. thank you. Um, And and so that's that's part of the uh, process here that needs to be addressed. If I wasn't a lawyer... And I just was a miscreant who was uh, had a radio show, okay, and that was it. I would legitimately try to register my dogs to vote and just see how if I could do it. And I've I've looked at the process, folks, and I, and I don't want to give anybody any ideas of of illegal conduct to engage in, but you could get you could almost get away with it. Yeah, and that's not okay. No, because if eventually if you create a monster, this and this is the this is a political truism. If you create a monster, if you on the left, you, you Democrats create something and, and a mechanism that they see politically benefiting them, eventually there will come a time where that monster is used against you. That's absolutely true. And and it's, you know, there's the the, the voting is, some, is one thing because you're going to eventually see it weaponized by Republicans who will say enough is enough. We're throwing our principles out the window. Screw you. Screw you guys. And we're going to cheat. The the other you saw it with the with the with the filibuster. Uh, that's something that 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 the Democrats did have, did away with. And or and, and and then all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden it, it came back to bite them and. And, and so you, you just there, there are these things as the pendulum swings. You have to be aware if you push it, if you push it your way, you think it's going to be there good for you. It's going to eventually come and hit you and uh, and get you back. I, I know a lot of people aren't entirely familiar with what ballot harvesting is, but people should know that it was a felony in Nevada prior to the 2020 election. Now someone can actually go door to door, an operative from a political party can go door to door and collect ballots. What happens if, if someone hasn't filled out their ballot? Oh, well, here, I can help you with that. I mean, that's a feasible possibility, right? And, you know, you could have a union rep collect all the ballots from an entire union. It, it, it's, there's just too much opportunity for, for uh, nefarious, you know, intentions there. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I always think about when it comes down to this is it, I want access to the polls. I want people to be able to vote and cast their ballot. That's very critical and important. But in order to make sure that that process actually matters, you can't dilute it. You can't just flood the the mailboxes with all of these uh, mail-in ballots and make sure that the registers are all up to date. And so it is a tough balance of making sure we, we, we strike it with access versus not diluting and making sure everything counts and that we can have confidence in the results so i'm optimistic and i'm rooting for you and i hope i really hope that uh you're able to get into office so you can start making these changes what's the best way for anyone who's listening to get in touch or support you or find you online and anything like that donate well i'm very public so you can just google my name and i'm all (laughs) over that Uh, gerard for nevada is my website and um yeah we're looking for 
uh, volunteers. We're looking for donations. Uh, anyone who's um, uh, on board with this line of thinking, I, I, I want to hear from you. And, and my cell phone is public. I mean, I'll chat with anyone. Uh, I've been um, very busy getting a lot of calls, obviously, but uh, but it's very important. And I, you know, I'm encouraged because I'm hearing from people who say, yes, we need this. And, and it's motivating me. Yeah, it's fantastic. So when's the when's the primary? Primary is June 14th. Early voting begins on May 28th. Well, that's coming up. It's coming up. Uh, it, it's interesting. We have here in Nevada closed primaries. So that means you can only vote for someone in your party. Now, you can register, even if it's only temporarily, you can register as a Republican and vote for me and then you know switch back if you're inclined to do that. But you do have to be a registered Republican. Understood. Yeah. All right. So we have uh, June 14th, a primary coming up. Early voting starts in May. And uh, your website, Gerard for Nevada, for is spelled out uh, for Nevada. And look, we are we've got our fingers and toes crossed for you because I, I hope you're successful in this. This is a critical, a fair, uh, fair election, transparent election, one person, one vote. Uh, Amen. Going through these mm-hmm. these funny, funny roles that have multiple ballots going out to people is uh, no go there. This is one thing that came out of COVID that they that they are hoping to hang on to for as long yeah. as they possibly can. And uh, I hope they do not succeed. Gerard, thank you for coming in. Really thank appreciate you both. It. I really thank appreciate you. it. Wonderful. Great to see you. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. Hey, What's Right with Sam and Ash coming to you loud and clear from beautiful downtown Las Vegas. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. <laughs> yeah, you are. I can vouch I for am. that. Beautiful. What's right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT? We just had uh, Gerard Romalo here uh, in studio. He is the uh, the guy running for Secretary of State. We really uh, appreciate having him on. I think he's got his head uh, screwed on straight here on this stuff. And the main thing is really we talked about election integrity. I think we'll have him on again uh, sometime soon. Ash, we've, we didn't we kind of ran out of time to talk about businesses because that's mm-hmm. another thing that the Secretary of State handles is uh, corporations and LLCs and, you know, and, and, and of course the business climate here in Nevada, which we want to continue to make as hospitable as possible for companies to move here from crazy states like California and elsewhere. So I wanna get into that next time. Uh, brief detour into the absurd, please indulge me. Real Housewives, <laughs> you always do. You always do. I try. Real Housewives. I know uh, this is where uh, people, I'm starting to eyes will glaze over. I promise there's a point to this. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. R-H-O-S-L-C is the acronym. They have a character on the show. Well, it's a person. A, a person, a right? I, I know, but she's a character. She's nuts. Her name's Jen Shaw. She's been accused of bilking uh, elderly people out of millions of dollars through some marketing scheme and 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 basically it was her and a bunch of co-defendants all got charged with some pretty heavy felonies federal court right the minute that the feds take a chomp into your leg you know it's not a good thing everyone is my understanding everyone's pled out or has agreed to take to to plead guilty 
uh, and and in exchange for you know some some niceties, I guess. But uh, but she's pressing on with her defense. She's the ringleader. She's the main person, the big cheese in this case, and she basically told People Magazine that she wants Kim Kardashian on her legal team representing her. Ash, good news or good move, bad move, PR move. What what, what the literal frick is this? Um, good for her uh, outcome or odds of success. I would not add uh, Kim Kardashian to my legal team. But look, if I needed to finance my legal team or something and I could get a production deal and a crew to follow it around, follow Kim around. Sure, maybe. See, I think I think that's the best take. I think the best take is, can you imagine, by the way, when you're, when you charge in federal court, lawyers that practice defense work, criminal defense work in federal court are not cheap. So when, when the feds take away your, your criminal activity, (laughs) your means of, of driving income, and at the same time, you are forced to pay these hefty legal fees that can be, I mean, folks, 50, 60,000 a month, not unusual. Okay, not unusual. And you're absolutely right. So if she brought in Kim Kardashian, who became a lawyer recently? No, yes. no, no, no. Not she yet? Took, no, she just took the baby bar exam. So in California, oh, that's, yeah, if, you're, okay. if you're doing law school by an unaccredited school or by mentorship, like where you just have a tutor, you have to take a baby bar exam after your first year. So that she failed it at first, and then I think she just recently passed. Yeah, she did. You're right. You're right. So she's basically a second or third year law student or the equivalent of that. Um, Got it. Okay. well, okay. so she'd be doing it as a, you know, as an understudy to another lawyer, but she would bring a tremendous amount of star power. And I think Jen Shaw cares more about being a star than about staying out of jail. So it's perfect. All right. Ukraine. Real quick update. By the way, loved your guys show last week. If you've missed that. Or miss today's show, for example, talking to Gerard Romalo about election integrity here in Nevada. Please find our podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts. What's Right Show with Sam and Ash. Same on Spotify. You can find us there. We've not been canceled yet. So enjoy, subscribe, download, and follow those at your leisure, as they say in Great Britain. Okay. Um, where was Ukraine. that? Oh, the Ukraine. Uh, I think everybody is is wildly surprised at how the Ukraine is holding up. The Ukrainian self-defense forces, uh, the army, and and frankly, uh, rank-and-file civilians. Uh, I, I, rem- I so fun- so much happened over the weekend. The big one, of course, being Russia getting booted from SWIFT, or many of the Russian banks getting booted from SWIFT. SWIFT is the international protocol by which banks are able to send money to one another. If you do not have that protocol available to you, you basically don't get any money. You can't send money out. You can't send, you can't receive money. And effectively as a bank, you are done. In the world of sanctions, in the world of financial countermeasures, this is the the biggest mother of them all. And and it's it's creating enormous havoc in, in Russia. Um, there's talk now, Ash, of, of potential nuclear war. Putin has put his subs on high alert. They're roaming the earth looking for targets, and we suddenly find ourselves in what seems to be almost a bad Bond movie. Um, I, I think 
my take on it, reading it as an Eastern European, as a guy that is, you know, my family from the Czech Republic, a lot of friends over there, speaking to people that are somewhat more in the know. The opposition that Putin is facing at home, and mainly from his supporters, from his inner circle, is, is ratcheting up by the minute. Over the weekend, you had a number of high-profile, wealthy Russians, call them oligarchs, but they're part of Putin's inner circle, supporters of Putin, who in an unprecedented way showed opposition to this war. Why? Because their entire existence, right, is predicated on having their access to their money, to their capital, being able to move around the world. They've got apartments in New York City and London. There's all this talk about, you know, about Russia aligning with China. That's great. None of these, none of these big wig Russians are buying luxury apartments in China. None of them are. So I think it's going to be interesting. They, they want to be connected to the Western world, and they may very well uh, take steps to take them out. Ash, I know you've got a uh, Sammy Quick. on the spot for me. I am prepared. Ukrainian sailor sinks Russian boss's uh, $7.7 million <laughs> luxury super yacht. He scuttled it. I saw this. This is fantastic. Yeah, he was really pissed at his boss. He's like one of those below deck. Yeah. yeah, his boss deck. sells weapons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I sunk your luxury yacht. doesn't have the same ring to it as I sunk your battleship. Well, I mean, at any rate. All right, fantastic. Friends, it's been absolutely great. Love being with you. We'll be back tomorrow, uh, same time. You know where to find us. And then we will, we'll be back. Do it we'll again. talk some more.